A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Kia ora, I'm Philippa Tolley. Glad you could join me for the oldest profession, RNZ's three part look at the sex industry. In the first part, we peek inside agencies and brothels and chat to workers about their lives. Most of my clients have been in the spectrum of mildly annoying through to, like, pleasant but not super memorable. In the second part, we talk to bosses and a client. How does it all work? Is it all about looks? I mean, a lot of the women that we have here are head girl, duck students, straight-A law students... I guess for men, the kind of woman they couldn't get at school. And in the third part, the sometimes tough life of those working from the street. So I pulled my first trick or job when I was 11. I'm heading inside the groomed and enticing interiors of small agencies and brothels. The women that work there have been telling me about why they chose this work and how they feel about it and their clients. I've always wondered about where brothels actually are. You hear rooms about such and such a house in such and such a street. But now that I've been to a few, I'll be looking in a new way at quite a few very ordinary doors, like the one I'm standing in front of now in the centre of the city. Millie is getting ready for her next client. She's put her makeup on, has just changed out of her everyday knickers into her luxury lingerie. She pulls on a figure-hugging dress, slips into high heels and is ready. It's 11 o'clock in the morning. We've got all of the clothes here and makeup and so we just come a little bit early and then just get ready. Millie works at an agency and you can see a photo of her online but not her face. Customers can choose from the photos and ring in to book a time. It's a work pattern that suits many, and is ideal if, like Millie, you're a student. Anonymity is important, and for that reason her voice, along with all the others in this episode, have been disguised. Obviously the money was appealing, but I was by no means broke. Just something exciting, something different. I wanted something that was fun, a little bit out of the ordinary to make my life just more exciting. It's not like any other job that you turn up for the first day. What was it like when you had your first client? Um, I'd say I was very, very nervous, but I was also quite excited. And I was a little bit apprehensive when Sarah said, you'll come out and love it. I wasn't sure. And I came out and I was, I think I was grinning. The word Millie was using there was grinning. Yeah. So for people who don't know the industry, they would say, look, you know, there's a man you've never met before, you just meet them at the front door and then you have sex with them. That's that's very affronting to a lot of people. It's definitely nerve-wracking, but it is exciting. And I don't feel like myself, if that makes sense. Maybe it's the clothes or, you know, I wouldn't wear something like this and it's not my house, it's some weird, beautiful... It's not me. It's a fantasy? Yeah, I think so. It's sort of like, it was not reality. You know, I would do a job like I did a job yesterday and then the other woman dropped me off to law school and I got back into my normal clothes and had a lecture. You know, it's just like a fantasy. It's an escape. 
On the financial front, Millie does well. She has a client who regularly books in for five hours at a time, which is quite a while, at $400 an hour. And yes, that's $2,000 a time. And Millie frequently has one or two other jobs every couple of days. But it's a part of her life she keeps secret. I haven't told anyone, not because I am ashamed of myself, but I just don't think that other people could maybe understand or comprehend why. What things in particular do you think people would have difficulty with? I think that it's sort of out of my character. They wouldn't understand why I was doing it. I, no disrespect to girls who do, but I have never had a one-night stand. I'm not like that, very sexual in my personal life. So I think they wouldn't understand why I was doing it and they would jump to the, what's wrong? Like, for me, despite doing this job, sex is important to me. It's a personal thing. It's something I want to do with someone I love. I can separate the two in my own life. I wouldn't want to sleep with someone who I wouldn't want to be. I suppose that would be something people would struggle to understand, how you could say, in my personal life, I want to have sex with somebody I love, but I'm quite happy to come and have sex with more than one person a day for work. I mean, I'm still kind of thinking about that idea as well, but it isn't me. I still show these men my personality. I'm still myself, but it's not me. But it's still your body. It's still my body. It just doesn't feel like a big deal at work. And not a big deal either sleeping with more than one person every day. That is not something that you found difficult either. Honestly, no. It's not. It's not something Millie plans to stay in long term. She wants to be a lawyer. But it certainly helps in paying off her student debt and is likely to remain an option until she can get the career she's always wanted. Just as we talked about the rest of the industry... <coughs> <You're okay. laughs> Thank you. Her client arrived. But just finishing a session was her colleague Aubrey, who's been working at this agency since the beginning of the year. The client rooms are feminine and oldie-worldie, decked out with floral curtains, a velvet-covered chaise longue and vintage photos. But I'm chatting with Aubrey in the staff room, perched on a seat with a couple of glamorous bras draped over the back, a rack of cocktail party-style clothes opposite and high-heeled shoes on a stand beside me. Aubrey has on a short, semi-transparent, floaty wrap, but sex and bodies are the working environment here, and it doesn't feel at all odd, even though I'm more comprehensively clothed. Aubrey is almost effervescent as she tells me how much she loves the work, and that not long after starting, she gave up her other job to work only as a prostitute. It's really a wonderful, <laughs> a wonderful form of income, a wonderful working life. I'm working on my home and stuff that I've always wanted to do to better my life in different ways that, yeah, working a nine-to-five job has always gotten in the way of. But the thing with sex work is that your romantic partner might not be keen on the idea that you're sleeping with someone else, or many someone else's. That proved a barrier for Aubrey at first, as two partners did object, but not now. Um, I have two, and they are both fine. Yep, I wouldn't be doing this if they weren't okay with it. And it's kind of funny. I obviously can't give blood anymore, um, but they do. And the funny thing is, like, the questionnaire in there asks if you've paid to see a prostitute, and both of them are like, well, no. 
but we sleep with one. <laughs> and sort of, they need to change that question. <laughs> but yeah, that's really the only funny kind of issue. We all get regularly checked and I have protected sex with them as well. Just like for Millie, her first client was a nervous time. Giddy, kind of nervous, maybe like a performance or something. But then afterwards, I was just dancing around high, like, oh my God, I don't know. It was just a really amazing experience. In what way? Um, it's just kind of a nuts thing to get paid for, I guess, because it's really rewarding and the people that you see is just so thankful and they enjoy themselves and it's just fun and silly. And a lot of the time it just seems like a ridiculous thing to have as a job because you're having a lot of fun. There will be a lot of people who would struggle to understand that, who would go, you know, there's a yuck factor, just having sex with somebody that, you know, has just turned up. How do you do that? Oh, definitely, but you kind of aren't. You sit there and you talk to them and you get a feel for them, you get to know them, and then if, yeah, if you really don't get along with them, you don't have to do anything. You just, you know, say this isn't working or there's always that option. And most people that come here, are really lovely and attractive and because a lot of the usual build-up to a, a sexual encounter is sort of out of the way like you know that something's going to happen and the mental foreplay is already there. You're quite young though and a lot of the clients here will be older. Mm -hmm. I also date older people. Age doesn't seem... I have worried sometimes for health reasons. I, I haven't seen very many elderly people but the couple that I have I've been like oh my god I really hope I don't injure them or anything like that. You're not talking sexually transmitted diseases here you're actually talking their well-being. Yeah yeah definitely like they could have a heart condition or they could have a hip problem sort of thing. And even though your clients are older and a lot of people would say like older people are not that attractive that's fine. Yeah that doesn't bother me. Physical attraction and my appearance attraction I guess is not a big factor for me and that obviously is just a preference thing like I'm sure there are people who couldn't do this job and I'm lucky that I can because I'm more about the feelings towards each other and the energy and and I know what I want and I like figuring out what someone else wants and so I get off on that kind of exchange. For the first time Aubrey is making headway financially and is able to save and with a wry smile she says she might have to register soon for GST. But she's not buying into the argument that she's selling herself. It kind of gets to a point, and I don't know if this is because I see regulars mostly, that I feel like it's more my time that's being compensated. These are people that I would probably, if I had time and was seeking an alternate relationship in my life, I'd probably see them anyway. But because I don't have that, I'm satisfied with my private life and everything. They're basically just compensating me for taking a little bit of time out, you know, to see them, which is something I enjoy doing. So it doesn't actually feel like sex is being bought at all at a point. It's just part yeah. of the mix. It's just part of the mix. And sometimes it's not even part of the mix. Sometimes people just want to cuddle. Sometimes people just want to talk or go out for a meal or something. It's not always about sex. I wonder about the long term. Is this something someone could do for all of their working life? Aubrey's enthusiasm doesn't dim, even at the thought of decades of sex work. If I had to have work my whole life, I would love to do this. Eventually, I'd like to not have work <laughs> at all and not really need money. That would be great. Um, but yeah, God, yeah, this, that would be amazing.
So that was my peep into the world of sex work in an agency. But the flashy face of the industry is what lots of people would think of first. The sort of lit-up signs that can be seen in entertainment areas, such as here on Courtney Place in Wellington, or Karanga Happy Road in Auckland. Millie and Aubrey are happy and positive about working in a small caring agency. But is it the same in a bigger, licensed establishment? Despite asking, I couldn't find a bigger club eager to let me in. But away from her job, I did speak to Jane, who's worked in all sorts of environments. We caught up on a Friday evening, and she told me how she started out in sensual massage. More on that later. But she wanted more money and moved on to what's called full service. That's going all the way. She's worked at brothels with a licence and more of a club feel. But how does it actually work if a client isn't going online and selecting who they want? Generally, if there's a bar, there'll be a bar area with like a pool table, sometimes as well, like an area where customers, instead of coming in and having all the girls like, you know, having a line-up at a small place, being taken to a room and having each girl come in and introduce herself individually, you can hang out in the bar and, I guess, interact in a more natural way. So it's a bit more like if you're picking someone up in a bar. And so at some stage he then goes and tells somebody who he likes the look of. Yeah, well, like, some guys will just walk in immediately and, like, turn to the manager and be like, who's on? And look at everyone and be like, I want to see this girl. But a lot of guys will talk to each girl a bit and then, like, maybe buy someone a drink and then sort of pull the manager aside and be like, hi, I'd like to see so-and-so. Is that quite difficult to deal with? You'd feel like, oh, you're up there against all your competition all the time and is anybody going to pick me? It kind of depends where I'm working and what sort of the vibe is and I guess how I'm fitting into the dynamic of the place I'm working at because it can definitely be a bit of a head fuck where some places you work every single guy who walk in the door will be like you're amazing and want to book you and then some places you're just not going to get a lot of work because you're not the type that a lot of people going there want. That'd be quite tricky. I'd find that really tricky. I think the most frustrating is when it's a scenario, it's a bar set up, like especially stripping, where you sit and you talk to people for a while, you don't know if they're going to book you or they're going to book someone else, but you're still investing time and emotional energy and trying to talk to them and connect with them. I find, for me personally, that was very draining. The agencies often say they offer a girlfriend experience. So I wondered whether the work felt different in different places. Places that I've worked where they've been open later and had a bar and served alcohol, in some ways it's more fun because it's more of a party atmosphere and like you get into that sort of vibe as well. But also it can be more annoying because you're more likely to be dealing with clients who are drunk, so it's easier to have misunderstandings or have people get annoyed and like, I know drunk people like babies and they can be quite annoying. I'm getting more of a picture. The downside can be inebriated clients but also a party groove. Are there other attractions? I guess in terms of my personal style and how I like to relate to clients, I like to be sort of a fantasy girl and be fun, but I'm not super into the like deep and meaningful stare into each other's eyes for a billion years while patching for five hours and talking about your entire life story thing. But I guess I also know friends who are very, very good at that. Stories pop up all the time during these conversations about the good nights when sex workers earn enough to pay off debts or start to build up serious savings. But is that the norm? I wish. So if you're on and there are a lot of uh, other women working that night and it's not a busy night, what happens? Sex work is essentially a commission-only sales job. So you get paid 
only for the bookings that you do and on top of that if you're doing extras you can charge extra fees on top of that but you don't actually get paid a set hourly rate so it can mean on a slow night that you might go home with $80 or no money or actually lose money by coming in having no bookings and having to pay for food and transport. So basically you can sit there all night and earn nothing? Yeah, you could come in and make a huge amount of money that's enough to live off for like several weeks or you could make literally nothing. I have heard of a couple of places offering kind of retainers, but that's pretty rare. What are the advantages or disadvantages of working in one of the big, well-known commercial <clears throat> licensed premises as opposed to a sort of smaller agency? Usually a bigger place is going to have more clients going through, so it's more people you're interacting with who are potentially going to book you. But they also tend to be more rigid about things like what time you turn up and having set rosters and there can be problems with management as well. Do you ever sort of finish a shift and think, oh, you know, I wish I hadn't done some of that or that was all a bit too much for me? Definitely sometimes, yeah. So I guess most of my clients have been either in the spectrum of mildly annoying through to pleasant but not super memorable. Not a ringing endorsement of her clients, unlike Millie and Aubrey. Jane is very straightforward and matter-of-fact. Sex work is very much an economic deal rather than a physical or emotional buzz. Outside of work, a lot of the time I'm not interested in men. I'm more attracted to women, and for me, work is always business. I do have friends who will sometimes be like, oh, like, it's work, but sometimes you get a hot client or client who's into what you're into. But that hasn't really been a thing for me except for when I've seen female clients. She admits to me that sometimes she does question her choice of work, but generally comes back to the conclusion it's the least worst of all the options on the table. I've definitely had points when I've been like, oh, I'm over this or over specific forms. Like I started stripping initially because I was burnt out on full service and I was like, I don't want anyone licking my nipples for a while. But I guess I also, there's lots of things I enjoy about it. Obviously the money and the flexibility that can come with it and things like being able to write off work lingerie on your tax returns and the whole being having a fantasy persona and a lot of that can be quite fun and exciting. Now remember I said I'd come back to sensual massage? Well, this is the time and Stella is best placed to tell us what's involved. It's full body, so in other words, full skin-to-skin -skin massage uh, with the client. It includes body slides, and then there's hand relief at the end of the session. So it really does cater for clients who, I'd say probably 95-plus percent of my clients would be married or partnered. So for them, it's more around the idea of not feeling as if they're cheating because they're not actually engaging in sex. But it's filling a need that we're, you know, obviously there's a need there where something's possibly missing at home. And, yeah, it just fulfills that need that uh, they otherwise aren't having fulfilled without cheating. <laughs> Stella works in yet another type of premises providing services, quaintly known as a SUB, or self-owner-operated brothel. A small operation catering to just a few workers. And in this case, it's a smart suburban home not too far out from the centre of town. As I park the car and crunch down the gravel path, I could be popping in to catch up with a friend over coffee. 
I've come from the corporate world, I've worked in the corporate world for many, many years, um, demanding hours, lots of travel, and essentially how I got into this industry was probably almost a year ago, I met a lady um, through a friend of a friend, she had been doing this for about two and a half years. She loved it, she was her own boss, could set her own hours, she was very um, business savvy, so I guess it planted that seed. That seed grew, and Stella found herself taking what she called a very, very bold step away from life in the office. She got training from someone already working in Central Massage and then set herself up, renting one room in a four-bedroom house along with three other workers. It's very easy to imagine Stella in corporate clothes rather than the beautiful lingerie she poses in for the photos she uses to advertise her services. But like others I've talked to, the strong message from Stella is this is work for money and the employment skills from her previous jobs come to the fore. For me, it's all about engagement with the client. Um, having come from the corporate world, I'm very good at engaging with people, very good at conversing over a very, very broad range of topics. Because of my age, I do tend to attract businessmen, uh, people that like to be with someone that they can feel comfortable with on an intellectual level and feel easier rather than not being judged. And, yeah, it's... Something that you develop yourself, I guess, over time. And the proof of whether you're, you know, you're doing your job well is whether or not you are capable of building up a base of regular clients. As you can hear, Stella is extremely businesslike. Her client room is immaculate, bottles lined up according to size and rolled up towels positioned on the bed. You could be looking at a styled home shoot. She sets regular hours has clear limits on the services she will provide and account books are all up to date and ship shape. She's equally clear about keeping her sex work as just part of her life. I am very, very good at being emotionally detached and I think that's why I'm doing very well in this industry because I, I come to work, I do my job well, I connect with my clients on a very good level but I don't allow it to jeopardise my personal life. And when I go back home, I'm in a completely different zone. This all sounds very clinical, but Stella confesses in the few months she's been in the industry to learning a few life lessons. It's easy to sort of judge people by the way they look. You know, I get all sorts of clients of different shapes and sizes, and at the end of the day, one thing I've come to learn is everybody has needs. You know, they have needs that need to be met doesn't matter you know what they look like and so I have developed a really good empathy for a range of clients you know I focus my business on that fundamental that gentlemen are here come to see me because they have a need not because they're perverts although they've got some sick ambition but rather that they've got a need that needs to be fulfilled it takes a lot of guts for them to come and book someone and see a complete stranger Don't stop here. Join me for two other episodes of The Oldest Profession, where I chat to a punter about why he uses prostitutes, hear from a brothel owner who talks about broken China dolls, and listen to street workers who say they couldn't get by without a strong sense of humour. You've been listening to me, Philippa Tolley, and a podcast engineered by Phil Benge. You can find the two other episodes in the podcast section on the RNZ website or head to iTunes. 
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.